plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, welcome, Power Partners, to our informational playground. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are. Charity, I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, on this beautiful spring day. I'm coming to you live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And today I am not going to be having any guests because I wanted to talk to you about things that I have been reading and studying and feeling that I needed to bring this information to light. So coming right up in segment two, we're going to talk about the horrors of slavery that is actually happening today and how Africa has a new slavery problem. I mean, the trade in human beings thrives on that road to Europe. And of course, there is actually the uh, human trafficking going on throughout the world. So we're going to just hit a little bit on this and see, just make us all aware of it. In segment three, we'll talk about supplements. A lot of people are taking supplements of all kinds, but is it snake oil or is it going to cure or help you with whatever it is that you're, you are uh, trying to fix in your life? The FDA can't control the $43 billion domestic sales of every supplement. So I think it might be a good idea that we have some information. And we'll be talking about being a good boss coming up right after our miracle moment that's brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. And Be The Star You Are Charity will be having a, a Moraga Fair coming up soon. And that uh, you want to go to be the star you are.org to check that out. And um, hopefully you'll get involved. Maybe you'll want to sponsor, become a volunteer, whatever it is. This is from Albert Einstein. Look deep into nature and you will understand everything better. And this just feels so right to me right now because with this being spring in the last few days, it's, you know, it's interesting here in California, we've, we have had a lot of rain, but then we've had a couple of great days of intermittent sun and then some more rain. But the reality is, is that everything is in super blooms and I'm sure you've read about it in the newspapers or seen it on television, but it's like everywhere you look, there are just flowers and and trees that are blooming and beautiful leaves. So it's really exciting, which means for me, every spare moment uh, since I've been on the air with you last week and in between writing articles and coaching and doing the other things with the charity, I have literally been in the garden weeding. And so today, as I... Um, stand here to do the radio show with you. I'm a little bit sore, I have to tell you, because every day I try to at least get about 25 gallons worth of weeds and carry it up to the barnyard. Yes, I have a big piece of property and it demands just a lot, a lot, a lot of work. 
um, which I thoroughly enjoy. I think it's good for your body and good for my mind and, and uh, you know, just good all the way around. So get thee into the garden as well or outside or do some forest bathing. I, I think that I want to start tours of, to help people learn how to appreciate uh, the mindfulness that nature brings you. It's just, it, it's really something. When you're outside, I mean, this last week, I, I was seeing salamanders and lots of frogs and they're chirping and uh, different kinds of spiders everywhere. I've even had a few snakes, not poisonous ones, but some snakes. Those songbirds are amazing. There's tons of butterflies. Um Let's see. Oh, bees everywhere. I haven't seen the bumblebees yet, but lots of lots of honeybees on all the plants. So it's really going to be a great year. And I just hope it's not going to be a big fire season, though, because of all the rain. So we will see. Well, speaking of rain, these days it is raining supplements. And we just can't underestimate the creativity, I suppose, of the American industries to exploit a market opening. I was reading Nutrition Action, their health letter, and it was very fascinating to me because there it was talking about supplements and how we just need to be very, very cautious. And so it is, this is with dietary supplements, it's sort of a grab bag category of products, including vitamins, minerals, and herbals. Now, the story really dates back to the late 80s when there was an outbreak of um, a very strange illness that sickened more than 1,500 people and led to at least 37 deaths. And it was actually attributed to a a contaminated L-tryptophan amino acid supplement that was made in Japan. And so as a result, the FDA moved to require, in quotes, good manufacturing practices and restrict the misleading claims that were on supplements. Well, the supplement industry sprang into action, generated some 200,000 letters that opposed this FDA action, and all they asked for was good manufacturing practices, and it enlisted the help of powerful allies in Congress who had all those financial means and financial ties to the supplemental industry. So the paradox the result, which was very paradoxical, was that in 1994, Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act, it's called DSHEA, it left the FDA with even fewer tools to police the supplement marketplace than ever before. And that's where it really started raining into a torrent because by 2017, The supplement industry, again, vitamins, minerals, herbals, which had um, just been a fledgling industry, it tallied $43 billion in domestic sales. So $43 billion with a B. And thanks to that uh, 1994 Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act, the FDA doesn't even know what is out there on the market. So the vast majority of facilities go uninspected in any given year. And when they are inspected, more than 50% are cited for violations. So that really gives me pause. And I hope it will give you pause. I really want you to think about it. Because 
Moreover, the marketplace is contaminated by so many false or misleading claims. The the DSHEA, again, that is the uh, Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act, they permit companies to make so-called structure function claims. For example, uh, they can say like something like this, promotes brain health, but they can't make a claim that will mention a disease like Alzheimer's, like they can't say prevents Alzheimer's, but they can say promotes brain health. Do you got it? I mean, do you see how um, confusing this could be to us, the consumers? Now, most supplements have never been uh, adequately tested. And if they were, they failed to beat even a placebo in a randomized controlled trial. Now, meanwhile, the FDA has detected hundreds of supplements that are tainted with prescription drugs, and a lot of those are the supplements that are um, touted to enhance sexuality or weight loss. And, of course, that makes sense, right, because not everybody wants to go get the little blue pill, but they, everybody says they want to have a sexual enhancement or they want to lose weight. And so when they see something on the shelf that says that it's an herbal supplement that's supposed to be, you know, good for you, or at least supposedly not bad for you, they'll take it. But then it turns out that these supplements can cause really, really serious adverse effects. You know, um, you can think of ephedra, it's now banned, or... And they could cause some drug interactions like St. John's wort, which is a plant. But just because it's a plant doesn't mean it's good for you. I mean, think of all the mushrooms that can kill you. So others uh, supplant effective drugs. You could think opioid detox supplements. So those are other, um, other ones that just aren't working. So in February, the FDA sent letters warning 17 supplement companies that their claims to prevent, to treat, or to cure Alzheimer's or any other diseases were unapproved drug claims. And they are unapproved. They, there, isn't, there have been no trials done. There's no way that they can claim these things. Yet, because the industry isn't regulated, they're claiming whatever they want. So it's one of these things that buyer beware. We we need to be able to strengthen the FDA's regulation of supplements. That would be a really good start. But it's really tough to squeeze the proverbial genie back into the pill bottle, right? Because the FDA needs more resources and it um, needs more authority to police a marketplace that's flooded with such ineffective and sometimes really dangerous products. But that's what you get when you get an industry with powerful friends who um, are in powerful places, and then they just decide, you know, that they want to control the industry. So I'm um, as a I don't take any supplements or vitamins or anything. I just attempt to eat healthy and grow all my own vegetables. And I just want to encourage you to be uh, be very very attentive and courageous and really check things out because when you go into any pharmacy, you know, any any drugstore or even your grocery store, you will just see shelves and shelves of vitamins, minerals, and herbals. And you start reading them, and you don't even know what the ingredients are that are in them. And you don't know 
what the effects could be with maybe something else that you are taking that has been a doctor ordered. So make sure you talk to your daughter, doctor. When I was in uh, at UCLA, I was support. I had to work all through college, and one of the jobs that I had is I worked at one of the nation's first health food stores. And we had, it was interesting because all the fruits and vegetables were, were organic in those days, which meant the fruits had worms in them, they were ugly, um, they, you know, they were distorted, and, but people, you know, bought them because in those days when something said it was organic, it truly was organic, and you could kind of tell by what it looked like. But I remember that's kind of when I started seeing a lot of supplements come on that were making a lot of claims. And the sad thing was is that people that came into the store, that um, they would look at me because I was so healthy, but it was because I grew up on a farm. And and they had they would say, well, what do you take? And I would tell them I don't take anything. I just I just try to eat properly, right? And, of course, they didn't believe that. And it was interesting how unhealthy so many people were with so many different herbal supplements, uh, supposedly herbal supplements they were taking. So I just want you to be careful just to remember that all of these vitamins and minerals and supplements that you were seeing on the shelves are not regulated by any uh, national industry or by our government and the FDA can't do anything and this the um, the dietary supplement health and education act which sounds very legal and it sounds like it's very healthy and it sounds like you know it is a a great body may not be all that because it's really run by the people who make these supplements and just think again how much money they're bringing in $43 billion, and that was in um, 2017. And up until that time, there wasn't much money in the industry, and now it has just ballooned. So the next time you see, see any vitamins and supplements marketed and touted as being a cure-all, just think that it could be snake oil. And just remember the days when the peddlers used to go from town to town saying that this is all the kinds of things that uh, you could do to, uh, you know, to get well. And they were just touting snake oil, which could kill you. So be cautious. Well, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about uh, slavery in the world today and what a terrible, a terrible outrage it is and how it is three times as many people that are forced into servitude as were captured and sold during the 350-year span of the transatlantic slave trade that we're always talking about here in America today. So slavery is still with us, and it's worse than ever. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and I'll be right back. Be the star you Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. 
Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called. I don't feel like it's a real party today because with the topics that I am dealing with now is slavery, and that has nothing to do with the party, but it does have to do with power. And so I really am going to urge everyone to listen carefully to this and to read up a little bit more on it and to become aware of what is going on in our world because I know that we have a tendency here in the United States to dwell on the whole Civil War time and the time of slavery and people today and how they feel disenfranchised. But the real and this that's all true and that is something that we do have to deal with. However, the slavery is still happening all over the world and we can't turn a blind eye to it. There's a really wonderful article about what's happening in Africa today. Um, in Time Magazine, and I am trying to see what what magazine it was. The April April 2019 issue, I think. Um, oh darn it! I don't I don't actually have the. They should they should type that on there. Um, no, it's the March. Excuse me, March 25th, 2019 issue, and I'm going to be using that today as sort of my bullmark to help you understand what is going on in uh, in Africa and in Europe at the moment. But keep in mind, it's happening literally all over the world and especially in other Asian countries where uh, people are being trafficked and in Eastern Europe. So the this article that I was um, talking, looking at, and then did a lot of research on started with a, a young man who was illiterate, and he had what looks like a three that was carved onto his face by a jailer who heated a knife up and then cut him up. And what had happened is he had left Nigeria in February of 2016 with a plan to head north. He wanted to buy passage on a boat that was destined for Europe, where friends of his had told him that jobs were plentiful in Europe. 
And um, a lot of these people that are heading north and trying to get to Europe from many different African countries are getting information off of Facebook and, and Facebook communities. Well, he made the journey of more than 2,500 miles, and it took him across the desert plains of Niger. It took him through the really lawless tribal lands of uh, southern Libya, uh, Libya, and then it deposited him at the southern shore of the Mediterranean Sea. Well, he never made it. Instead, he was captured the moment that he set foot in Libya and was sold to armed men who kept a stable of African migrants that they exploited for labor and for ransom. And then when he tried to escape, they branded his face with what looks like a three, although this this young man was illiterate, he doesn't really know what it was. And also 14 other men who tried to escape with him they also were branded. And so it's also a mark of identification of who owns them. Um, and, well, I mean, this is just, a, you know, to me that just was a terrible thing to have happen as a human being. But this man is just among around 650,000 men and women who have crossed the Sahara in the last five years dreaming of a better life in Europe. Now, some are, fee- are fleeing war and persecution, Others are leaving villages where the economy is so dysfunctional that there's so little rainfall that it makes it impossible to find work, to farm, or to even have enough food to eat. So they make this 2,500-mile harrowing journey by foot. They enlist the services of trans-Saharan smugglers, that, you know, they, these people that smuggle for profit, Um, by augmenting their truckload of weapons and drugs and other contraband with human cargo. But along the way, tens of thousands, like the man I just told you about, they find themselves treated not like cargo but as chattel, and they're trapped in a terrifying cycle of extortion, imprisonment, forced labor, and, of course, prostitution. And uh, they're not only facing inhuman treatment, they're then being sold and resold from one trafficker to another. And essentially, they become just slaves. They're human beings who have been reduced to being possessions with a fixed value based on assessment of the kind of income they can accrue to their owners as targets for extortion. And they're on paid labor. And as often the case with women and with men, too, they are forced into prostitution. Now, Slavery may seem like a relic of history, but according to the United Nations International Labor Organization, there are more than three times as many people in forced servitude today as were captured and sold during that 350-year span of the transatlantic slave trade, you know, that was Africa, England, United States, and then Africa, England, the United States. And what the ILL calls the new slavery It takes in, there's 25 million people, they figure, in debt bondage and another 15 million that have been in forced marriages. It's a totally illicit industry. It's one of the world's most lucrative and it earns criminal networks over $150 billion a year. And again, I'm saying the word billion with a B, 150 billion. And human trafficking is just a smidge behind 
drug smuggling, and weapons trafficking. So modern slavery is far and away more profitable now than at any point it has ever been in human history. Now, the corridor from Africa's most populous country to the northern Mediterranean shores has proved especially lucrative for these smugglers because there's the climate change, there's the lack of opportunity, there's war, there's conflicts, you know, that are throughout the different borders. And it's foreseeing just an inordinate amount of people to try to cross the borders. And the draconian European Union policies designed to curb the migration funnel them right into the hands of modern-day slave traders. And the trade is most visible in Libya right now, where aid organizations and journalists have documented actual slave auctions. They've been there at actual slave auctions. And now it has seeped into southern Europe, in particular into Italy, where the vulnerable migrants are being forced to toil unpaid in the fields picking tomatoes, olives, citrus fruits, and then also trafficked into prostitution rings. So we don't, uh, this was said by a union representative who came to Italy from the Ivory Coast 17 years ago with the hope of finding a better life and got um, put into this whole slave trade himself. He, he said, is Europe, nobody has to go and get slaves into Africa anymore because the slaves are coming to us. So in other words, the people are actually coming to Europe and then they're being enslaved. So nobody has to take them in a boat. They get there themselves. So it is a rope of desperation and that has really replaced those iron chains that they wore. And Africans are sending themselves to Europe to become slaves in the process. They don't under realize that's what's going to happen. They're usually promised a job somewhere or uh, they heard from a friend of a friend that there's going to be something good, and then they end up in these with these smugglers. Now, what happens um, when CNN when aired footage of what appeared to be African migrants being sold at a slave auction at a Libyan detention camp in November of 2017, the world became outraged. You know, uh, it, it was global, it was immediate, and the UN Security Council condemned the heinous abuses that the EU demanded some swift action, and even President um, Emmanuel Macron called for a military rescue operation. But then a year goes by, and very little has been done to prevent these abuses. So EU member states are renewing calls to halt Europe-bound migrants at the Libyan coastline. But the situation for the refugees and the migrants in Libya is really bleak because the, the policies by the EU states to stop people arriving, coupled with the insufficient support to help refugees reach safety through regular routes, means that thousands of men, women, and children are trapped in Libya and they face horrific abuses with no way out. The, this, um, they talk about a woman, you know, it's good to profile an individual person. Uh, this lovely 23-year-old Cameroonian university student who uh, arrived in the coastal Libya city of Sabratha in August of 2017 because she was promised to become a fashion model in France. And this was her, her dream. 
Now, you know, immediately when you hear that you're going to be a model, you'll probably think of other people who have been promised the same thing and then been forced into prostitution. That happened throughout Russia. It happened throughout uh, all of Eastern Europe. It happened with... um, uh, different women that were promised to go to areas that were in Saudi Arabia and other parts of Asia. And then the government-backed militia ends up cracking down on this, the migrant uh, smuggling hubs. And what happens is they end up uh, with a rival group and they end up in prostitution. So what happened to this young uh, 23-year-old Cameroonian university student is here she thought she was going to be a model, and she ends up in a warehouse and is expected to work as a prostitute. And what she kept refusing and kept refusing, and so they decided to uh, starve her and not feed her or anything. And she says that she ends up, selling her virginity for a bottle of water. And so that's just such a sad thing that the, um, p- the people are reduced to this type of slavery, you know, because they, they have no papers, so they can't earn a living, they have no money. And what's happening now is because the, the EU doesn't have a policy in place for these uh, immigrants to come, they're essentially rewarding the militias for abusing, raping, or killing and selling the the Africans that are trying to get there. And that's the a quote from a, um, a person who from Lagos, Nigeria, who was trafficked. Now, the migrants who do make it across the Mediterranean, they're not free from the cycle of exploitation either, because you might have read in one week on an autostrada in um, Puglia, which is in southern Italy, a van packed with Africans slammed headlong into a tomato truck, flipped across a meridian. On one of them, it happened twice in a week. In total, 16 men from Ghana, from Guinea, from Gambia, Nigeria, Mali, Morocco, and Senegal all died in a terrible crash. And so, I mean, and I think this was actually within two days. And they had been ensnared by an ancient Italian system of press gang labor that's called caporalato, which it enables farmers to outsource their labor needs to middlemen for a set fee. And that way they avoid payroll taxes, work safety requirements, and minimum wage processes in, in the process. Now, it's totally illegal, but it's totally widespread. And of course, it's dominated by organized crime. And in 2018, there was a a report commissioned by uh, Italy's trade unions that estimated that 132,000 workers suffer from the most exploitive aspects of caporalato, including non-payment of wages, physical abuse. And most of these migrants are from the sub-Saharan Africa, and many are from Eastern Europe. It's been around forever, but the system really takes advantage of migrants because they're so vulnerable. They don't have any papers. They don't know their rights, and they're really desperate to eat and to earn a little, um, to earn some money. Now, a a young man who was sucked into the system as a foreign student talked about his experience, and he was a foreign student living in Europe, and he failed an exam. 
which meant that he lost his university scholarship. So a friend told him he could make money in the summer if he went to the tomato harvest in Puglia. But when he, was, when he arrived there in Puglia, he was inducted into this slavery system designed to extract the maximum amount of work for a minimal amount of pay. Now, the capo, which is the boss, told him that he was going to pay him, he was going to make uh, about $33 a day filling crates of tomatoes. So he, he thought, okay, this is fine. But what the capo didn't tell him is that he was going to deduct from his, trans, from his wages the cost of transportation to the fields along with water and food. So by the end of the day, he would be making less than $4 in a day. And the people had no choice They because, again, they had no place to stay. They had no papers. They had nothing. So um, this has been something that has been going on for longer than we want to even talk about. But these accidents can really kind of have brought people to the forefront of saying, now what are we going to do about it? Stopping migration would put a stop to organized, crank, uh, organized crime, but would also mean the end of the inexpensive tomato sauce, the inexpensive wine, and the inexpensive oil, pointing out that Italian people do not want to work a 16-hour day for, for $3 um, or $4. I don't think anybody really does. And nobody's going to harvest, doesn't want to harvest tomatoes. So... The, one of the problems that's causing the slavery is the cost of cheap goods. When retailers tell farmers that they're only going to buy tomatoes for eight cents a kilo, the farmers can't afford to pay any normal wages. Now, if this char- the stores charge more, customers are going to go someplace else. So when you want to ban slavery or at least run an, an anti-slavery campaign, and there is something going on now that's called no cap, which is no decaporlato. What you have to do is you have to charge more. So you go into a store, the true retail cost of a kilo of tomatoes, including transportation and processing, should be somewhere around $2.25. So if you go to the market, and we're talking about in Italy now, and you see them for $0.30, cents, it means that it was a caporlato labor, and there's no other way to get tomatoes that cheap. So three out of every five items in every Italian's weekly food basket, including wine, cheese, fruit, vegetables, olive oil, are produced in part by this migrant slave labor. And it's not just the Italians who are benefiting. It's the modern consumer's insatiable quest for the cheap manicures, you know, for $10, for shiny new smartphones and cheap luxury foods. And all this comes at a cost of unfair labor. So everyday goods linked to the slave trade include cell phones, pet food, jewelry, tomatoes. The 2018 Global Slavery Index found that uh, G20 countries import $354 billion worth of products at risk of being produced by modern slavery every year. So, you know, there's, this is something that we have to think about before we go out and buy things and just realize where did it come from and where's this children labor? Were these people that were paid nothing? 
And yes, organic is important, but it isn't as important to know that there was no slavery involved, right? So European customers are also responsible for a different kind of exploitive trade. Now, of the 16,000 women who arrived in Italy from Libya between 2016 and 2017, 80% were victims of sex trafficking. And they were destined for a life of sex slavery in the streets and in the brothels of Europe. They talked about one lady named Gladys, who at age 22 left Nigeria because um, a friend of her aunt's offered her a job in a hair salon in the city of Turin, Torino, in Italy. Now, her trafficker kept her locked. She, got, she was trafficked. I mean, she got nabbed. And her trafficker kept her locked in a Libyan brothel. And then when she finally did get out and she got to southern Italy on a smuggler's boat, she called the aunt's friend, who was very nice on the phone, and said, yes, the job was waiting for her. And she even offered her a place to stay. But when she got there, when she got there, the uh, friend wasn't really such a friend and um, immediately told her that she owed this this person uh, about $23,000 for the trip, which who knows how that had happened, and that she would have to work it out by walking the streets as a prostitute. So how sad for this Nigerian. She thought she was going to find help in a fellow Nigerian and find some comfort, and instead this fellow Nigerian woman sold her into slavery, and because she had... No money, no papers or anything. This is what her life became. And it, most likely, the woman before her, the, friend, the aunt's friend, it probably happened to her. And this is what the, all the research is showing, that once in Europe, the women are told that they owe anywhere from twenty to $60,000 to cover the cost of their journey. They're then threatened with abuse or deportation, or they're threatened with harm to their family if they don't pay. And if they can pay the debts off, it usually takes them five years or more of uh, turning tricks. And then usually these traffic women stay in Europe to earn money on their own. And sometimes they return home and they can buy you know, a house or start a business. But more often than not, they become madams themselves. And then they bring new victims. So it's a really vicious, vicious uh, cycle. There was um, a program in northern Italy in Asti that is now trying to help traffic victims with job training, counseling, and housing. But the resources are few. So the need for more service is really, really uh, immense. So how are we going to put a stop to modern slavery? It starts by stopping irregular migration. Um, That's going to be one thing. In Europe, anti-migrant sentiment is driving those without papers deeper underground where they're going to be more vulnerable to exploitation because when you need something, there's always going to be somebody that's going to want to take it. By 2050, it is estimated that 40% of the world's poorest people will be living in the uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo and in Nigeria. And if the right investments aren't made now, um, the Italian anti-trafficking organization will be risking losing more people to trafficking 
because you really can't stop sex trafficking when there isn't anything for the Nigerians or the Africans to stay home for. So it's, it is really going to be impossible for young Africans with little means to, um, to be free. It is, it's almost like they're designed to be slaves unless we can start to help their, um, start to help their economy, stop the warfare that's going on and the conflicts, and of course help with, we have to do something about climate change. Humans are being sold because the embassies of Europe aren't giving visas to Africans. And as long as their opportunities for men and women are limited in their home countries, whatever those home countries are, whether it's Mexico or um, or San Salvador or Guatemala, where, wherever it is, people are going to continue to risk everything they have to find something else. And because of that, more people are going to be sold into slavery. So we have to be aware, and whatever we can uh, do to stop it, I think that we at least have to have a conscience about it and understand that slavery did not die after after uh, Jim Crow. It did not die after the civil rights movement here in America. It is alive and well, and humans are being trafficked. So let's do whatever we can. And... You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am Cynthia Bryan. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network, and we will be back in a bit. Don't go away. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. We live in a fast-paced technological world where decisions must be almost instantaneous. Thinking clearly has become a national pastime, but it is important to make sure that the decisions you make are the right ones by asking yourself a few key questions. What am I deciding, and is the decision absolutely necessary now? What choices do I have? Is this the right time to be making this decision, or is it something that needs more thought and research in order to make a knowledgeable, informed point? Once you have thought through all of these questions and weighed all your options, don't overanalyze because you can get a decision paralysis. Make sure to assess the risks of making each and every decision. And once you've made the call, be willing to stand by it. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. 
a top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376. 376 Moraga, California 94556 Be the Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. We're back. We're back. Yes, hooray. Well, we're going to make it a little more positive now and help you be a great boss or work for a great boss. So there are some things that you could do to be a better leader and if you can copy any of the qualities, habits, or plain old good policies that uh, top managers live by, I think that you will be happier and that your ability to stay positive and maintain positive thoughts, you know, determines the tone of your emotional life. So first of all, let's talk about if you're hunting for a job. Instead of picking the job, pick your boss. And there is a reason for this because who you report to has a huge impact on your growth, your happiness, and your success. Now, when you are a great boss, you're going to motivate your team to work hard to boost retention rates, and you're going to create a satisfying work environment. Really good bosses make everybody's life better. Now, leadership is a skill you can learn and practice. So if there are bosses that have given some habits uh, that are most raved about by managers and, and um, other people. So here's what we want to talk about. First of all, you want people to earn your trust. So trust fuels the ability to give honest feedback, to have difficult conversations, and to partner together to build great things. It's a two-way street. While bosses need to trust their team to get the job done, they also have to prove that they'll make good on their word and act in the team's best interest. So your team's going to trust you if you do what you say you're going to do. I mean, we call that integrity, right? Walking your talk. So that's very important. Um, if you say, I don't know, when you lack answers, then you just need to go and find the answers. So it's okay not to be a, um, a know-it-all. In fact, it's better not to be a know-it-all. But then you really do have to help them, you know, help get the right answers. Good bosses understand that you actually have a life. They learn a little bit about everybody's life outside the office. And it can help you better understand their strengths and challenges and create new opportunities. The person, you know, might be on a charity board, for example, or that person could be in charge of a community event or a service project. So showing that you are human is important because we are all, are all human. And then you model positive behavior. You, um, you know, take your kids to the office if you have kids. Don't send, um, don't send really, really late night, 
texts or emails unless people know they're coming. You know, accept someone's need for a mental health day. All of that contributes to happier, healthier work environments. Good bosses listen and then they act. The ability to listen and to swiftly decide is something that is really important in a leadership style. Creating a collaborative energy can help you get more out of your team because you're going to feel that um, that you have a voice and they have a voice. And they know that a great idea can come from anyone. Even if you disagree with a recommendation, you can make it clear that you heard it and that you're really glad they brought it to you, explain why you decided on a different, uh, different path. But this will engage teams, and it comes from feeling that every contribution is meaningful. A good boss helps you find purpose in your work. So a, a really good leader reminds the team of the whys behind the work to keep them inspired and focused and passionate. And it's especially critical in entrepreneurship things because focusing on a mission to empower women would help all the little stressful things feel more manageable along the way. So having a strong vision can also help guide a very tough decision. So when a leader connects the day-to-day with a broader purpose, it becomes clearer what falls outside the line. Good leaders also celebrate small wins. It's always important to be excited when something good happens for a teammate. It's just as important as having an eye on the big picture, is have have an appreciation for those tiny little victories. Take a moment to toast a win. Give a shout-out at a staff meeting or commiserate after a grueling week. You know, they can have lasting effects. It's important. I know that firsthand. And I've seen how just a thank you note can just go a long way after you've had a hard day or a challenging time. So show appreciation. And good bosses are upfront about their quirks. So the best bosses are really self-aware and they understand what it feels like to work for them. Insecurity prevents us from being frank about these things, but when you are, it can lead head off miscommunication. Like maybe you want to keep your door shut because it helps you focus, not because you want to be closed off. So if you share that little bit of information, then that is great. And then you can share what's the best way to catch your attention. If you value efficiency, but you don't like making small talk, let your people know that. And that goes both ways, whether you're an employee or a boss. Let people know your strengths and your weaknesses because your honesty helps when you interpret a story about someone's weekend to start a meeting, for example, if you really know the backstory of why they bring that up first. And then, Good bosses build a team. A good hire goes beyond a resume of accomplishments. Think about a new person adding a whole new element to this whole. It's like you're creating a new family. Now, you don't want too many managers that are going to forget the interpersonal part of putting teams together. All the research shows that having diverse perspectives can positively impact both creative and financial performance. So decide what skills, what personality types, what professional backgrounds might be missing from your team. Then zero in on those qualities during the interview process. And then assess all the softer skills by asking about hopes and fears and goals and visions. And then you can give small assignments that allow you as the boss to see the person in action. And then as the employee, you can take on additional assignments so that the boss can see you in a bigger light as well. Now, good bosses invest in you personally. 
more than two-thirds of recent college graduates stay at their first job for only a year or sometimes even less. And if you want employees to stick around for a while, you have to show them that you recognize their career path is bigger than this one role. So it's the job of a boss to figure out how to support the professional growth of their employees inside and beyond the organization. So discover people's unique strengths and play to them. Don't assume that you know what motivates each member of the team. You know, ask. And for some, it may be feeling that they're making an impact. For others, it may be learning new things or being invited to meetings. And some may perform best when there's time to prepare, while others shine when brainstorming on their feet. So give both types of people a chance to succeed and allow your team to share ideas a good a good source sometimes is to share ideas through Google Docs. I know that we do this with Express Yourself team, and that's how I keep the keep my uh, my teens on track. Is that we have a a Google Doc, and then we all can express our ideas and share it, and it really does work incredibly well. Good bosses let go of control. It's a hard thing for a new manager to let go, and you don't accomplish big stuff by micromanaging. So don't be a micromanager. And just, you know, be realistic and start off on the right foot. And um, good bosses also help you solve problems with you. They don't have to solve them for you, but they help solve them with you. So there's many more things that can uh, that good bosses do. They listen and act. They understand, you know, all of these things. But um, most of all, we want to build a team that we all feel like we're making an impact and making a difference. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you for joining me here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where we come with you every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific time. I like helping you grow as a person and hopefully as enjoying your life as well. For more information about Star Style, visit CynthiaBryan.com. For more information about Be The Star You Are, to get involved as a volunteer, to make a donation, become a sponsor, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org, or you can go to BTSYA.org. We really hope that you would encourage you, actually, to make a donation, because it's the only way that we can keep the radio shows on the air and the only way that we can do all the outreach projects that we do including disaster relief and book reviews and uh, if you didn't get it this week our new newsletter is out so please visit bethestarur.org and check out the blog and you'll be able to see the newsletter or click on newsletter I hope to inspire, encourage, inform, amuse and motivate you every week that you are with us Cherish the past, dream of the future, but I want you to celebrate every moment of your life. Don't forget we have several books for sale at CynthiaBryan.com forward slash online hyphen store. Just go to CynthiaBryan.com, click on the store, and all of the money does benefit. Be the star you are charity, and you get extra goodies. You know, reading a book, it's like a garden in your pocket, and to be a leader, you must be a reader. So until next week, when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you, 
And I encourage you, go out into the world and be the star you are. Thanks for joining me and come again next Wednesday. And until then, make it a great week. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.